This is Heart of a Lion, the official podcast of UNA Athletics. Suzuki crosses the timeline with two half-court heave on the way. She hit it. Gains the trigger. Bounces left to the 15 outside to the 10. Cuts up to the 5 for the pylon. Dives. Touchdown, North Alabama. Parker triggers his second rushing score of the ball game. Susie, his shot fake, drives in. Runner on the way. Trickles in. Counted in one for Will Susie. Drive towards center. This ball's way out of here. Two-run home run, Georgia land. Interim head football coach Ryan Held joins us. And Coach Held, we appreciate you giving us the time after this practice. The message to the team last week, the program's been empty. The battery, uh, do you feel like the team did that last week against Austin P? I do, you know. I mean, when change happens and adversity hits, you know, what? how do you respond as a person? And I think our guys really um, – you know, really attacked last week and against a, a, a program that's that's been a winning program. And, um, you know, we went out there and, you know, we had some really good moments, both sides of the ball, um, you know, but then there's other things that we obviously got to get fixed. But at the end of the day, all you can ask is a chance to, to, to win the game or tie the game, and, and we had that opportunity. And uh, uh, so, you know, I'm very proud of them from that end, but we got to fix some of the – catastrophic plays or sequences that happened and learn from them so we can move forward and not let that happen again. Let's talk about some of the big moments from that ball game. And it was a fast start. We scored on our first two possessions. And I'm going to start on the first possession, moving the football. Drive's looking good. It's fourth and two from the 41. And I imagine you're thinking as a play caller, let's just get this first down. Fourth and two, we can get it. Well, Sean Derek Powell goes and gets us 41 yards. How hard of a decision was it to go for it on fourth down, and how great of a run was that from Shunderick? Well, I'm, I believe in being aggressive, and uh, I have a no fear of failure. So when I called the play, I expected us to execute it and at least get the first down, and then, you know, uh, it obviously turned into a touchdown. And our mentality and what I try to tell these guys, in this offense, the next play can be a touchdown at any time. Um, and that's our how we just have to have that mindset – that whenever we snap the ball, we can score. Um, that's what I want. Uh, it's you know we watched Kobe Bryant last week on a no fear of, no fear of failure and wanting that last shot and wanting the ball. Uh, that's you know what I want this offense to to have that and covet and uh, go out there every time they they play and and uh, you know obviously we we executed, got the first down and then scored. Then on the very next drive, after the defense forced a three and out, it's third and one, and you guys get in that signature quarterback sneak formation. Shunderick Powell, you know, he plows into the back of Noah Walters. A few games ago, which one was it? He, he scampered for EKU. EKU. We gained like 15 yards. Yeah, 15 yards on a quarterback sneak. I, I, <laughs> I joked he was running so low, if he'd gotten up, he would have scored. But he was almost <laughs> crawling for that first down. But we saw a pass uh, to Takari Kennebrew. He threw it up deep. Kennebrew drugged two, three guys into the end zone. Uh, take us through that process and how strong of a play TK made. Well, you know, when we, when we watched film and, 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 you know, obviously we've run sneak a few times and, you know, we, I, I just talked about, uh, well, you know, wh why don't we be aggressive here and fake it and, and throw the ball. Uh, so we call that play Barney. And, um, you know, I, I had to give these guys a life lesson on a can of corn all right, in, in the baseball world. Yes. Um, you know, back in the day, they used to stack corn real high in supermarkets. And then, uh, obviously, in a baseball game, you've done baseball, hit a high, 
you know, foul ball or, you know, high up out in the outfield. So I just told no, I want you to throw a can of corn to TK. And he kind of looked at me like, can of corn? What is that? Um, so I, I am aged a little bit there. But uh, that's what he did, you know, step back and throw it up high because we're going to walk off the ball, make it look like it's that, and then we sprint. Well, you can't throw a, a line drive ball, so you had to throw it up really high. And obviously it timed up really well, and uh, we were able to, to get a big play on it. How hard is that for TK? Because obviously he's showing block at first. It was a great deke job uh, to, to show the block and then get downfield and catch the football. Yeah, I mean, there's a timing element to it. And, uh, you know, I really wanted a really high, you know, a high throw, can of corn and, you know, about 35, 40 yards. And, you know, it was, it was one of those that you call it because I was going for it on fourth. So if it was an incomplete pass, my thought was it's a touchdown or a big play. Uh, P.I. or an incomplete. That's my thought. Um, and then because we were going to go for it. So it was a free play, free opportunity, being aggressive again. And uh, it obviously was a, a fun play. And we executed it and then got up 14 nothing. Things slowed down a little bit after that. Austin P. got on the board. We went three and out. Then the, the Governors had a great drive working again. And we got a goal line stand. And how big was that for this defense? You know, things hadn't always been going well this season, but for them to get that early stop. Well, I think that just goes, you know, back to last week of all the things we were stressing and emptying the battery and, you know, being physically tough, mentally tough. And that moment, you know, that was a play where you have a choice. I mean, they're going to stop them or they're going to score. And that was a, a big play in the game. And, uh, you know, we had the ball at the one. And, you know, really for us, that was a really nice drive. We drove it. You know, defense gave us a chance. We drove it 50, 60 yards or whatever we did, and then we kind of stalled out. Um, it, but, you know, that's what I talked to the guys about is, okay, they may, you know, we get the ball there. We can't go three and out. We got to change field position so we can change the field, and that's just something that we just haven't done this year consistently. Uh, you know, and when you put up the chart of, okay, here's where the starting point for the other team is, you know, you, I remember Coach Fulmer used to do that at, at Tennessee. That was one of the you know first meetings after a game, you know, what that chart looked like when I was a graduate assistant football coach there. And I've always taken that, um, you know, and it, it, it obviously makes sense when you, when you look at it. People don't realize how important that is. You know, even if you get – if you're at the one and you get 20 yards, well, then you punt it. Well, then they get it at, let's say, the 30. Well, if you wouldn't have, they get it at the 50. That's a 20-yard difference. And then they're in field goal range in two plays or 20 yards. So those are things that we have to just learn how to play a game and change field position, even though if we have to punt, punting's not necessarily bad, but we got to change the field position. Austin P went on a little run. They scored 31 unanswered to open up the third quarter. Really felt like they, they may open this ball game up, but what about the resolve of this team to kind of put their foot down and fight their way back into it? Yeah, I mean, we it's kind of been the storyline a lot of the year. Um, and, you know, what I always tell these guys, no matter what, don't look at the scoreboard. Let's just win this drive, and that's what we did. You know, we pounded the rock and made plays in the running game and, you know, did some different things against a team that was giving up 90 yards a game. Um, and, uh, you know, you look historically, I think, under their head coach, I, I could be wrong, but they haven't given up many 200-yard games maybe in his coaching career, uh, zero. And uh, we obviously had takeaway sacks. We had 300. Um and, you know, so that's, that's a positive thing. We, we, we challenge our offensive line to be physical. Uh, they did. We challenged our tight ends to be physical. They did. And then the running backs ran hard. Obviously, Powell had a great game. And, um, you know, we were able to, 
to uh, keep the defense off the field. And then, you know, in the second half, our defense held them to 10. Um, you know, and, you know, even you look at with six minutes left, we had a chance for a 60-yard bomb, and we didn't, you know, we, we came up short there. But, you know, those are just, you know, that play here and that play there, you know, and it just, again, it just changes it. And we still, we got the onside kick, um, made it happen. And, you know, we hit a seam ball, kick a field goal. We got a great kicker. I mean, we go into overtime in that game. Noah Walters, freshman quarterback, nine games played now in his career, eight starts. He's led us to four go-ahead or tying drives in the fourth quarter. He almost added a, a fifth one th this past Saturday. But how impressive is that from a true freshman quarterback to already have that on his resume? Well, you know, that that's uh, – you know, we've all watched quarterbacks. You know, I'm a Chiefs fan, and so I've seen Patrick Mahomes grow and prosper, obviously, and get comeback victories and all that. That's not an easy thing, right? Um and, you know, the thing about Noah is, is he loves the competition. You know, he doesn't get shook, um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, he's done a lot of really good things. And there's some things, you know, he'd like to have back, but he doesn't have the, you know, experience of being a three-year starter. But um, I, I feel like every time we go out there with him at quarterback right now, I feel like we can go down and score. Um, I think everybody else, I think he's earned the trust of his teammates and all that. Um, and... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's an impressive stat as a true freshman. I mean, I don't know how many true freshmen are starting in the country at the Division One level, but I don't think there's many better than him. And, and going off of that, what about the – not a quarterback sneak, but the keeper that he had off left tackle, that 21-yard touchdown run, I think it was 23 yards. How impressive was just that tuck and run in play? Well, you know, he wasn't asked much to run in, in, in high school. And, uh, you know, in this offense, obviously, you, you, you got to do some running. And, uh, you know, I was teasing him. I was like, man, you kind of look fast right there, you know. Um, but he's athletic. He can run. And, uh, you know, he's not afraid of contact. You know, he, he uh, as, as the season has gone on, he's really lowered his head. I've told him to be, you know, smart and not take shots. But, you know, there he, he was able to, to, to make it happen. That was a big touchdown. I love a good record chase. Uh Back the home run record chases back in the 90s, early 2000s. I would check the newspaper every day to see where everybody was stacking up. Shunderick Powell's in a record chase of his own. Entered Saturday, tied for fifth with Kenyatta Jones. He went out and rushed for 207 yards. So he's past Kenyatta. He's past Greg Manson. He's past Lamonte Thompson. And now he's sitting third place behind Tyrone Rush, uh, who has the top two single-season rushing seasons at UNA. He's 150 yards away from first, 48 yards away from second. I mean, can you put into perspective just how impressive this season has been for Sean Derrick? Well, you know, when I first got here, you know, obviously you're evaluating the roster. And I can remember going in the weight room, and, then, and you know, I watched some film per se and you know he got what 100 yards 150 yards last year played a little bit um so you you know I, I heard a lot of really good things about him but you know he didn't get to play much last year but I went in the weight room and, and I saw the the how explosive he is and how strong he is I mean he literally you know obviously pound profound is the strongest kid on the team but you could put him up there. He's a top three overall on the whole football team. And I could be wrong, but it's pretty close. And I knew, I was like, man, this guy here is, is, is really, really powerful and explosive. And then, you know, I was able to see him, obviously, in spring ball. And I was like, oof, I think we got one here. 
Um, and so what I told him was, and, you know, when I was at UCF in Nebraska, we had a lot of really good running backs. I said, just trust me on this. Let, let's just take this and, and, and let's just get to the season because we're going to utilize you a lot in a lot of different ways. And obviously that's been able to transpire. Obviously other people have done their jobs to allow him to do that as well. But um, for him to have this opportunity, I, I'll take him over anybody in America. I mean, I don't know if there's a guy his height or his stature that is more explosive and he just explodes into people and his balance is incredible in his vision. He's got some Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Charles all packaged into one. Um, and, you know, he's he, he's got a bright future. You know, he's got, you know, two more years. Um, you know, we got two more games this year. And, uh, you know, we're excited for him to – play his last game this year in uh in brawley uh and then obviously we get to go to memphis next week you sent me a text earlier this week with a graphic uh, division one rushing yard leaders in all of division one football he's sitting third right now and, and he's right there in the mix to maybe be the overall division one rushing leader but then he, he's on the walter payton award mid-season watch list can you expand on just his candidacy for that just how deserving he is getting a legitimate shot at that award well i don't know you know, how it all works in voting. But if you look at, if you watch the filming, you look at the type of player he is, I mean, there's no doubt he's definitely worthy of it. Um, you know, uh, obviously our record is our record, but he's, he's you know, you, you look at what he's done, and I'm biased, right? But he's the best player in the country, in my opinion, uh, at our level. Um, and so uh, I'm glad he's on our team. And, again, he always has a smile on his face. He's just a great kid. He was raised well. You got a great family. Um, you know, I love talking to his dad, uh, and you know, we have a lot of fun with that. And um, so I, I, I'm, you know, this week, uh, it's, you know, smell the roses and let's enjoy the moment, and uh, let's enjoy this moment as we uh, get ready to play our last game uh, in Brawley for this season. And then going from Shunderic to the offensive line, I mean, Nathan Brown, A.J. Vang, Cam Watson, Faux Tyvai, Stevie Young. I know Nathan's been banged up a couple of times, but for the most part, those guys have been unbelievable this season. And I know Coach Carbine was telling me Logan McInnish got some, a lot of time mm -hmm. this past week Absolutely. as well. Can you talk a little, little bit about how well this offensive line has played? Well, you know, when we got here, I, I, I don't quote me on this, but, you know, there were a limited number of old linemen with graduations and different things. And, you know, uh, Coach Carbine uh, and I had an extensive conversation when I when I accepted the job, and and I tell you, he's you know we worked our rears off to get a lot of these guys, develop the guys. Steve did a great job in the weight room, and Coach Carbine has done a tremendous job with these guys with technique and fundamentals and the culture, and we have a really good culture on that offensive line, and and I think that's established really well. And you know, as we go into recruiting, um, you know, we want guys that will fit that culture. And uh, not everybody will, um, you know, and uh, so that's why we're, we're going to be very selective. But uh, those guys have just really bought into what we've been, you know, preaching and selling and teaching on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, you know, those guys and then an extension of that is the tight ends with Coach Crows come in and just done a tremendous job of those guys blocking and you look at Corson and, I mean, you look at Caleb Heatherly as a true freshman to come in and, you know, he doesn't have – you know, many catches per se, but I'll match him up as, you know, as good a blocker in the nation as a true freshman at tight end. 
Um, and he's done a tremendous job. Uh, you know, so the core of those guys, um, you know, have done a really nice job uh, allowing all, all of our running backs to have success. I want to ask you about something back during the Austin P game once again. Third quarter ends, we go to commercial break, and I'm just kind of, you know, looking around, making my notes, and I look down, and you've brought the entire team together at, at midfield, and you guys kind of went through something. Everybody kind of cheered on, on something. Can you take us through what, what you guys were working on there or, or doing there? Well, you know, the fourth quarter, I mean, that's the money quarter, right? And, uh, you know, we we wanted to get everybody, and I just did a little deal where um, throw the football up in the air, and um, we want to blow it up. You know, we want to blow the fourth quarter up and, and win it. Um, so that's – I threw it up and everybody, hey, boom. And, and so they, they liked that. And, you know, guys like all the all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when we ran out on the field um, arm in arm, you know, that's a team, right? Not individuals. It's we're locked together. We're dialed into to, to playing for North Alabama and playing for this university and um, a pride that goes with it. Um, so I wanted to switch that up a little bit too. Um, you know, and our guys, again, I bought into it and it's, it's been fun. You know, you never know what, what the result will be at, in, in the next 15 days or whatever, but, uh, these guys have been awesome. The coaches have been really, really good and recruits have been great. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, obviously this week is big and we can only control what we can control, Ben. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we've been given an opportunity to finish the job, and we're going to do everything in our power to make that happen. Let's talk about Tennessee Tech, our opponent on senior day inside of Brawley Stadium. Uh, I learned that their head coach was actually born in Tuscumbia, uh, grew up there uh, till first grade, then moved off. That's a strange connection there. But uh, tell us a little bit about this Tennessee Tech team and what you've seen from them on game film. You know, they're just they're they're just a good football team. You know, um, they're not too flashy per se, but uh, they're sound. They're tough. Um, they don't beat themselves. You look at their games. I mean, they, they've been in most of their games. You know, you take the Kansas game out. Um, you know, Kennesaw was what thirty three thirty. Um, you know, even the games they've lost, it's been, you know, a couple scores and they've had, they've got, they've played well of late. Uh, so they're kind of, you know, on a pretty good run right now. Um, so we got our hands full on, uh, on Saturday, uh, because, you know, they're just, they, they just go out there and they play hard. Um, and, uh, you know, we gotta be, we gotta go out there and we're going to have to play 60 minutes. We're going to play smart football cause they're not going to beat themselves. And you look Saturday, too, it's senior day. You've got some guys like uh, Cortez Hall, Corson Swan, they've been here throughout the transition. Jeffrey Battle as well mm -hmm. over on defense. you got some guys that took advantage of the extra year, like Kyrie Fields, uh, players like that. How important is it for this team to go out and play for those older guys that have done a lot for the program? Well, you know, when their history books are written, um, you know, the transition group, um, you know, who knows what that looks like in terms of um, – you know, I don't want to say credit, but, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that's not an easy deal to go out when you're when you're in a transition. And those guys have, have battled. They've, um, you know, they've really fought through this uh, in times. You know, obviously you throw the COVID situation in there as well. And, um, you know, I really want them to go out on a high note. I want them to go out feeling good about this, um, you know, and, and – uh, as a as a football program and team, we need we need to do this for them, um, so they you know they they can walk off that field feeling good. Now we we obviously are playing a good team. Uh, it won't be easy, um, so that's why we got to go out there and 
again, emptied the battery. Last thing, Coach, uh, we'll leave it on this. To get a win against Tennessee Tech, what is this team going to need to do? Well, we, we, we have to be able to play for 60 minutes. Um, we have to be able to play smart football. I mean, that's, that's the theme in this. We've got to play smart. We cannot have the catastrophic sequences that we've had. Uh, and then we've got to execute. We've got to go out there. We've got to play for each other, know where our gap is, where do I line up. Um, you have to play physical. Um, and then just play it one play at a time. Don't turn the ball over and, um, you know, go out there and, and uh, play to that clock says zero and, and, and have fun. I want these guys to have fun, uh, and, and I think if we do that, we'll have a chance to put ourselves in position, uh, you know, to, to be there at the end, and that's what you want to be. Talking with Micah Bland, a senior defensive lineman here on the UNA football team. Third on the team with 50 tackles. He's got four tackles for loss on this season as well. He's had a couple of big outings, including 11 tackles against Kennesaw State earlier this year. Micah Bland, thanks for stopping by and giving us the time. Thank you for having me. I didn't even know I did. <laughs> That's you didn't know you were third on the team in tackles. No. You got, you've been plugging the middle all year with Zacoby's shoulders. Yeah. I mean, how much pride have you two taken in kind of being the run stuffers there? Uh, we, we've taken a, a very good amount of pride, especially from the beginning. We kind of knew, you know, the challenge was going to be. We knew, you know, we knew we were going to have to put on our backs, like defensive line-wise, you know, because, uh, like, you know, the ends are kind of newer, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, coming to new. So we both have played a lot last year, so we was like, all right, we're going to have to, like, really – um, so we got this year for me in the middle. So that's, and I feel like that's what we've done. We've had some fun in there. And I, I see you on the defensive line, and I feel like nobody moves you backwards. Mm. Do, do you feel like you're, you're holding your own right there and not giving up much ground? I for sure try to. I mean, obviously there's going to be times where um, there's going to be times where you're thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be – like this, this play is going to be like this or like, you know, let's say I'm going straight or whatever. I'm, I'm getting off the ball really hard straight, but – thinking it's going to be like a down block, and then they might do something else, and they catch me off guard. And I'm like, oh, okay, now i got to change my position. And I might get a little, you know, get back a little bit, but it's never nothing crazy usually. The other thing I feel like I see out of you is if a running back run buys you, it's like you've got the ability to stretch your arm out, grab him, and pull him back. Yeah. <laughs> Where does that strength come from? Uh, I don't even know, to be honest. Was just working out. Honestly, just working out with Steve. Steve getting me right. Um, Just always – I don't even know. That's that's funny though, cause I I, I didn't even realize I do that. I do, I know I do it, but in the moment. Yeah, you feel me in the moment. I don't really. Are, are you naturally strong, or have you had to work really hard in the weight room? I've definitely had to work hard in the weight room. Um, like lower body wise, I've always been strong. Like even in high school, but upper body wise, nah. Like I I really had to work hard on that. That's a lot of a lot of focus. You know what I mean? Especially like bench press and stuff, which is obviously I do a lot basically in game and stuff. So that's you know. I mean, that's basically bringing it from the weight room to the field. I try to at least. What are some of your measurables in the weight room? Bench, squat, that that, that sort of good stuff. So my squat is 600. I could have did more, but like my at that, at that time we maxed out my. I had like a hip problem, and I really wouldn't even try to do the 600. But I was like, let me go ahead because. So you hit 600 with ease, is what you're telling. It was. Us. <laughs> I was like, I was like ease, but it was more like, all right, I, I'm gonna just do it. You feel me? It was what. So I in a way kind of, but um, bench, I really was. I was really the main focus for me doing and like measuring. Um, I think I hit like 435, and wow. even then it was kind of like I always I, I think I could have did more, but it was like I had already did so many leading up to that, so it was like you know my body was kind of tired. Who, who's one of the strongest guys on the team in the weight room? Philip Philip Ozai. 
I ain't gonna lie, he's he's strong. He's he's really he actually what? he is he's strong. Wait, okay, so squat wise, I think he had the, I think he had the most squat, and I think he had the most uh, clean, which is crazy. But he's very explosive, so it's not really surprising. Who's the the sneaky strong person? Sneaky strong? Mm, I would say Sean Derrick. Sean I'm Derrick. not gonna lie, cause they, but it's so funny. Like that's how I just love football, man. It's just watching somebody go from the weight room and to do it really good in the weight room, and then go out here. You see him like jumping over people, carrying people. Like it's crazy. But like the 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 stuff he was doing in the weight room, I'm watching like dang, cause he's doing almost what we're doing. Like literally, what, what I'm I'm doing is crazy. Like I'm like dang. Like, we get on dumbbell bench or whatever. He's doing what we're doing. Like, I'm like, all right, okay, I like that. So. Does that ever make you think, man, that little guy's doing it. I, I need to step it up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> but at the same time, when you know somebody different, you know, it's just like, all right, you know. But it definitely it makes you like, ah, I, I'm, I can step it up a little bit. What's it like watching Sean Derrick from the sidelines? It's, how do I explain, man? It's, I want to say it's beautiful, man. It's, it's just watching somebody just, like, be able to, I just feel like he does what he wants, man. Like when, especially when he finds that hole from the offensive line when they when they get a good blocking going, like up, and it's just him finding that, and then him just juking and like like going and doing whatever he wants in it. And then when he finds that open hole, he's just gone because his speed is so crazy. Like it, it's beautiful, honestly. It really is. We spoke to Kyrie Fields last week, and we were talking about Shunderick, and he said, you know, when I see him bust a big run or he runs over somebody, it makes me feel good that the other team can't tackle him just yeah. like us, that they experience what we experience in practice. <laughs> yeah. do, do you have similar thoughts on Shunderick and tackling him? Yeah, facts, because I'm not going to lie, especially during camp, it's it's funny uh, It's funny going against him because it's, it's really is like, all right, I'm going to get him. Because, you know, you know, he's kind of short, so it's like, all right. But when you – you know, because he's fast, too, and shifty, so you'll get off a block, and you're like, oh, I got him. But he hits you with a like, little juke or whatever, you're like, oh – and then you, you know you're out of out of line type stuff. You feel me? And then now you just go, now he's gone basically. He, everything he does is fast. He, he's one of those. Every time he touches the football, you you. Literally. I think back to Reggie Bush. Every time he touched the football yes. at USC, one of those kind of guys. Yes. You think he's going to bust it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, you mentioned something I, I want to circle back to, Steve Herring, the work he did with you in mm -hmm. the weight room. Just how, how, what has he meant to you in your career, keeping you healthy and on the field? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Especially at the beginning of the season, Um my back was kind of – I was having a little problem with my back. I just couldn't, you know – it was just a lot of, like, you know, a lot of inflammation, whatever, going on in my back. But I just couldn't – we couldn't figure out, like, what was going wrong. You feel me? But just working with him, obviously, in, in the training room, training room too, like, he, he got me right because the stuff he was doing with me, like, you know, a lot of stretching and stuff I, I hadn't been doing before. Um, a lot of stretching he was telling me to do and him just, you know, helped me um, just get my movements back right. Like, my legs um, and my hips really, you know what I'm saying? Is what helped me um, be able to do what I do, honestly. Because I mean, without him, I mean, for real. He he told me a story about you, and I'm gonna share it in order to get your thoughts. It might have been the Indiana State game, mm -hmm. an early game this year, late in the game, fourth quarter. Maybe one of those times we got a goal line stand. There was a timeout, and you were kind of sucking wind on the sideline, mm -hmm. and and, and you, he looked. You looked at him. He said, I, "I'm tired," and, and he looked at you, and and he, I'm a bring it down pg rating he, he said you're not tired you're micah bland <laughs> yeah, yeah, can, yeah can you confirm that story yeah it was funny i was i was extremely tired um yeah I, i'm but i'm honestly glad that first of all that time i happened because i was tired but i'm also glad that steve talked because honestly like when he talked to me and he said that i was like okay you know it's that you know that i don't even know it's like uh 
it was like confirmation in a way. It was like, all right, you know, you're right. I got to get right. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what I'm capable of. That's basically how I really was, and I appreciate him for that. Well, one of the great stories that I've heard from this season, I enjoyed hearing that. All right, uh, Micah, your, your career's coming to a close here at UNA. Set to graduate, I think? Yes, sir. And what's your degree in? Uh, psychology. What do you want to do next? Um, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to get a degree in psychology. Like I want to, but I want to find like a sports psychology. That's kind of what the path I want to do. I know it's gonna be hard. Like I've talked to a lot of people, it's gonna be hard. But I think I can find a way or whatever. It's a little niche I want to get into. That way you can take the Steve Herring quote. You feel me? And, and circle it back to somebody yeah. else. <laughs> exactly. Because I mean, that's what I realized over the over the time just playing football, man. And like especially in college, it's a lot of a lot of mental that goes into this game, man. That you really got to overcome. All right, so as we kind of wrap this up, Tennessee Tech, tell us about the Golden Eagles, the offense we're going to see. Um, I know it's a lot of like uh, – they do a lot of spread stuff, so it's going to be interesting. Our end's going to have to make a lot of plays, um, which they will. I, I feel like as soon as – they're just going to have to get up the field. And um, when they get to the field, going to have to make them plays. I mean, it's going to be an end game. It's gonna, you know, but I'm, I'm excited to see what they do, though. Uh, one of the messages from Coach Held has been empty the battery. Do you feel like you guys have emptied the battery the last two weeks heading into this like, one? I definitely feel like we have. It, it just sucks. It, it's, I don't want to say it sucks, but it stinks because last year, I mean last week, um, it didn't obviously come out how we wanted it to. But I definitely think, um, I definitely think we showed in like in a way an improvement in just the way we fought. Um, we just gotta, we just gotta, we gotta bring it to four quarters. That's all it comes down to. We just can't lack. Cause I feel like that's what we end up doing. We lack sometimes. Hey, I, I want to ask you this as well. As one of the veterans on the team, and the season's been tough, I know, mm. but we've had a lead in six of the nine games. And how have you guys carried this over week to week and not let it totally fall apart? Um, I would say just because we know we're – like, we know we're able to – the thing is about us, like, we know we're able to win a game. We just got to finish, which we're – it's for some reason we just can't – it's hard for us to do. Because um, like you said, six of the nine games, wow. That's crazy, but like we be in the games. That's that's the thing. We be in those games. We just um we just really just got to learn how to keep the lead and then stop them on defense and then keep scoring on offense. That's really what it just comes down to. The simple thing. What's your message to some of the younger players? We're gonna hear from Demarcus Lacey next as they begin their journeys here at UNA. As, as yours kind of comes to a close. Mm -hmm. I would say, honestly, I would just say push through everything, man. Uh, continue to believe in yourself and your gifts that God gave you. Um, at the end of the day, man, I mean, you wouldn't be here, you know what I'm saying, without them. And at the same time, everything out for a reason. That's why you're here. So, yeah. Micah, great words, great chatting with you. Thank you so much for the time, sir, and best thank of you. luck on Saturday. Appreciate you. Very, thank you very much, man. Chatting now with Demarcus Lacey, a freshman from Birmingham, Alabama. He played at Pleasant Grove High School. He's caught 20 passes for 338 yards and six touchdowns. He's carried the ball 31 times for 200 yards and one score, averaging 6.5 yards per carry. His last four games played, 345 yards of total offense, five touchdowns. He's been making big play after big play. He's UNA's second leading receiver and UNA's second leading rusher. Demarcus Lacey, thanks for joining us here after practice. Glad to be here. All right, I got to start off with this. You line up in the backfield, you take a handoff. You line up in the slot, catch a screen. You line up out wide, you catch a bomb. Running back, wide receiver, which do you prefer? Growing up, I was always a running back, but I'm going to go with running back. How have you liked playing receiver? I adapted to it pretty good. Coach Ellis, he helped me out a lot. Was it tough going from being in the backfield all the time to splitting out wide? Not for real because during, like, pickup games, 
on our football field in high school, I used to play wide receiver against some of the teammates. All right, so you're split out wide. You get every jump ball. I feel like you're getting it. You line up in the backfield. You run somebody over. Which would you rather do, run somebody over or win a jump ball? Win a jump ball. And you've won plenty of those. What have been some of your favorite plays that you've made this year? What comes to mind? I would say the one against Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas and Eastern Kentucky when I caught the jump ball to put us back in the game in the fourth quarter. The, the Central Arkansas, I, I'm going to brag on myself for a second because I get to enjoy the big moments that you guys make. It's one of my favorite radio calls. It's the one where you called it, spun, tiptoed up the sideline and dove in, right? Yeah, that's the play I'm talking about. Do, do you remember your first career touchdown against Tarleton? 78-yard bomb? It was Virginia Wise. Oh, yeah, Virginia, Virginia Wise. Virginia I'm sorry. Wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that feeling when you scored your – that was on a carry too. What was yeah. that What was that feeling when you scored your first career touchdown? Man, it felt good. Like, just knowing I got my first college touchdown, it was just number of excitement, and my family was there too. Well, what was your celebration? I hit the um, Justin Jefferson gritty that all the players doing. How do you come up with the celebration in the moment? Do you just react or do you have it thought about before the game? We think about it before the game or sometimes. Well, that play, me and my teammates, they were like, what you going to do? What, what celebration are you going to do when you get in the end zone? And I told them, the gritty. And I got in the end zone and we all hit the gritty. Is there more pressure on, on scoring the touchdown or more pressure on the celebration with teammates afterwards, having a good one? That's hard. Is that what you guys do in the locker room, kind of talk about stuff like this? Sometimes. Who's got the best celebrations or the best at coming up with them? I'm going to go with TK. TK's pretty good at yeah, that? Yeah, TK. This offense has so many big weapons. You guys have had so many big touchdowns. Shunderick Powell, Takari Kinnebrew, even Corson Swan, Big Daddy, as, as we've started calling him, yourself included. What's it like when you see your, your teammates bust up a, a big run like that, a big catch? How excited do you get for them? Very excited because, like, they're older guys, like you said, and I'm looking up to them. So next year we'll have a connection. And, and you can kind of carry that over? Yeah. Who are some of the older guys who have taken you under their wing and mentored you? Will Derrico, um, I'm going to say. An offensive lineman. Yeah, that's Will Derrico. Kyrie Fields, Riley Evans, Justin Luke, right receiver. Sean D, yeah, definitely Sean D. When you arrived here in August, did you expect to have this kind of impact in your first year? No, I didn't. Not at all. But that's the mindset I had to come in here and get to work. Sometimes for freshmen, it takes a little while to get adjusted to, to an offense. But you, you've slid in pretty quickly. Was it pretty easy for you to, to learn this scheme and get adjusted to the college level? Mm, not when I first arrived. The plays were pretty hard because – like all the formations, the wide receivers have to learn with the blocking, and yeah, it was it was pretty hard because like in high school I was gonna play wide receiver when I transferred to my to Pleasant Grove, but I seen the playbook that wide receivers had, and yeah, I just wanted stuck with running back. Let's talk about your time at Pleasant Grove High School, Class Five A, back of the year. How good were were your teams in high school? First of all, oh, my team. Ooh. 
pretty good team overall, like in every position. We state runner up two years in a row. We ain't win, but it was just a good feeling just to be there. I know losing is tough, but those state championship games, they do a good job with it. Uh, was it pretty cool getting to play in those those big-time environments? Yeah, especially the, the Bama Stadium because they had the lights in. Protecting Stadium was, was good, too. Your recruitment to UNA, what made you choose UNA to come play college football? When I seen that the program, it was involving because they was a D1 school and, like we said, the coaches. Coach Ellison, Coach yeah, Helm. Some good coaches. All right, uh, this year, your freshman year, what have been some of your favorite memories you've made so far, some of your favorite plays? I know I asked you about a couple already, but any others stand out? The Jacksonville State game. And what stood out about that one? I mean, my whole family. Now, Virginia-wise, half of my family was there, but Jacksonville State, my whole family was there. And that game, I had a, a couple amount of carries and receiving yards, and I had a touchdown that game. There's a nice touchdown there in the yeah. corner. What was it like playing on a baseball field? It was kind of weird at first, but I got used to it. Got, got adjusted to it yeah. pretty quickly. All right, Demarcus, we're, we're going to wrap it up with this right here. Your freshman year, you've got two games remaining. What are some things you want to accomplish? I want to accomplish 10 touchdowns. Yeah. That was mainly my goal, 10 touchdowns. Well, you're up to seven, so hopefully we get you three more of these last two games, right? I need three this game, Tennessee Tech. I'm going for three touchdowns. Y'all hearing it now? I like it. DeMarcus, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, sir.